today's podcast, we're going to focus on situational offense, specifically looking at field zones and talk about the benefits of viewing your offense through the field zones and what it can do for you, both in your game planning as well as in your play calling. And joining me to talk about that is Coach Jeff Mullen, and uh, he's put this together in what he calls the Big O system. So, Coach Mullen, it's great to have you back here on the podcast. Thank you, Coach KG. I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. So, Coach, uh, you know, I can think back to, you know, my early days uh, in, in high school football and, you know, coaching uh, JV ball and, and calling plays there. And, you know, JV ball is a different animal. You don't break down film. Uh, you go out there, you call plays, you try to get it to your best guy and, and score. Um, but as I got into being, you know, a varsity coach and then a, a college coordinator, uh, field zones are, are really important for you to be able to understand what the opponent's doing, what you're going to do, and I think overall find the opportunity, right? What's going to be the best for you on game day? So I think there's a, a lot we're going to touch on here today as far as how you look at field zones. But I guess, you know, for you, uh, an overview, Coach, on, on what you view as the different mm-hmm. field zones on a field. I think it depends on, you know, when a defensive coordinator changes the structure of his defense. I think that that really should be the the ultimate decision on whether or not this is an area of the field where I might need to change my offense. You know, for example, when you go from the plus three to the goal line, you know, goal line defense runs onto the field oftentimes, right? They take out a an extra DB and they put in an extra D lineman. And just by the nature of the space on the field, the defensive coordinator has recognized it as a situation. Therefore, he's going to change his structure. Let's make sure we understand that on offense. So really the field zones were broken down based upon years and years of coaching football at the college level and understanding that many defensive coordinators, when the ball hits a certain position in the field, are simply going to change their identity. And we need to be able to attack it appropriately. So, Coach, I know the the whole way in looking at this first is to define uh, the different field zones, and I know the the ones you use kind of to me at least uh, they're they're uh, common ones. You're going to label them with colors, uh, but if you Correct. would give us an, an overview of what each of those zones are on the field, how the field breaks down. If you've ever seen that chart, and I, I can't speak specifically to where I saw it, I just know it's out there. I don't even know who presented it, but there's a chart out there that if you look at the at the football field, when you're when you're backed up and you're you're 95 yards away from your end zone, um, you're on the minus five yard line. You have you know, like a two percent chance of scoring points, and then you know there, there's a percentage across the field. And really, that's one of the things that I think is very important for young offensive coordinators to understand that football's not just points. At the end of the day, it's points, but how you get those points is field position. Mm -hmm. So we have to win these field position battles within the, the entire war. And it's important that you clearly define those field zones in an effort to uh, win that situation. Right? So for us from the minus one or the goal line to the minus 10, we define that as the black zone that's coming out uh, from the pl- minus 11 until the plus 25, really the entire area of the field 
um, we, we just call that green zone. Um, I often refer to that as NDD or normal down and distance. This is 80% of your game plan. These are your first and second down calls, um, literally primarily the whole day um, where, where you're going to have a, an offensive identity and you're going to use that to attack the defense, right? This is your base identity versus your defensive coordinator's base identity, your normal downs. Everyone then talks about the red zone being the 25 in. We've broken that down into two areas. I found that from the 25-yard line to about the plus 14, we define that specifically as the red zone. What I've found through study is that not a lot of defensive coordinators change their overall defensive structure there. They do tend to blitz more. I've found that to be a common thread amongst many different defensive coordinators and the defensive teams and the personalities that they carry. But one of the common threads throughout all that difference is that from the 25 to about that plus 14, they will blitz more in an effort to get you out of field goal range. Um, the gold zone then becomes the plus 13 to the plus four. And that's an area that where, where at least at the college level, you're going to start getting that bracket coverage. Right. You're going to start getting seven across picket fence. That's a, that's a, that's a defensive decision to change the structure of their identity based upon field zone alone. And so that's, that's really a very specific area for us that we want to focus on and have a, a certain offensive attack, you know, to win that area um, is the gold zone from the plus 13 to about the plus four. And then the brown zone or the goal line is the plus three in. Um, and again, I think that's another area just based upon the amount of grass that's left where a defensive coordinator, regardless of personnel or formation, might tend to change his identity. So we go from, from one end to the other, black to green to red to gold, and finally to brown going in. And I, I know, Coach, when you look at these different zones, uh, there's going to be some different objectives. What I really liked about this, as this started translating to our players, is they started to get a feel, too, for what we were going to do here. And there were some zones for us that really – didn't change a whole heck of a lot over the course of the season. And primarily, uh, it's the first one you mentioned, the black zone. We had a package of what we were going to do in there and a reason for doing it. And the other one was uh, the you call the brown zone, the goal line, right? So for us, there was some consistency. And actually, uh, the structure of the package, maybe not all the plays, but the structure of the package got kind of similar for us. I mean, I, with this particular group when I was at Ball and Wallace, we liked to be in uh, 21 or 22 or, or even 23 personnel. Uh, for us, you know, especially when we were in the black zone, you know, widen those edges, make more gaps, mm -hmm. make sure they're playing gap sound. Don't let them, you know, be able to load up on a gap to get penetration. And, and cause we don't, we can't afford to go backwards at that point. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you hit on a lot of things. You're exactly right. I think first and foremost of the entire 100-yard field, you know, from the, the minus 11 to the plus, you know, 14, I don't think it changes a whole lot. It shouldn't change a whole lot. That, that, that you know, we shouldn't overthink that part of it. And, again, that's the majority of the game. However, games are won and lost on four or five plays in a game. And oftentimes in those areas where points are given or taken away, 
because of that, the black zone where you could actually give the other team points for in two ways. Number one, you know, the, the safety. But number two, if you're not getting the ball out past the five or another first down, you're going to pump the ball back to them in a, in a position where it's a 65% chance of scoring because they're already going in. So the black zone, because uh, it, 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 there's points that could be exchanged if you don't quote-unquote win that drill – that became an area that, that we wanted to, to, to have an identity within that situation that our kids practiced it every week, that they understood what we were trying to accomplish, set some goals, attach some play calls to attain those goals, and then execute, right? So offense is execution. And then the other end of the field, of course, where, again, you're talking about giving and taking away points, Seven's, you know, four more points than three. So anytime you're kicking a field goal down there, you're losing four points. And so I think from that 13 to the three where you've got to attack that brackets coverage with a little bit different route combination where your runs have to account for safeties in the, in the run game now instead of RPOing off of them, I think that's a crucial element that, that, that you have to have, a again, a situational identity within that 12-yard space. Mm-hmm and then down in the goal line as well. So it's really the edges that are important in this situational identity. Uh, you'll be shocked. We would do end-of-the-year cut-ups, you know, for, for two decades, whether we were at Wake Forest, West Virginia, UNC Charlotte. Every year, Coach, we would do, you know, end-of-the-year cut-ups, and, and let's just average 1,000 plays a year. You would only be coming out in the black zone maybe nine, ten calls. Yes, You'd only be going in in that brown zone another 14, 15 calls. And you were really only in that gold zone around 20 to 25 calls a year. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about that math over a 10, 12-game season, you, you really don't need to reinvent the wheel each week. No. I think you just need a specific philosophy and plan, only carry a couple of thoughts within each of those segments, and then when the ball gets placed in those segments, go right to it on your call sheet, and your kids will have an opportunity to execute and win that drill. Yeah, I'm with you 100% on that. And I don't remember exactly where in, in my studies uh, I came across those numbers. I, I'm going to say I'm pretty certain it was in Brian Billick's book, and he did a, a great job uh, in that particular book explaining those things and showing the math but I agree. If if we're only going to have ten to twelve calls in here, number one, uh, I really don't want to be spending my game planning time, you know, on something mm-hmm. that might not happen. And and number two, I want to invent that package in August or prior to August and, and install it in August and then use it and get those, you know, cumulative reps over the course of the season. So when we are faced with those situations, we're able to do it and and. Uh, you know, for me and, you know, looking at, again, we'll, we'll talk black zone here still. A couple things I liked, uh, I, I would like to hear your thoughts on these as well. But uh, we would always start, first of all, for us, this was a, a period we do on a Thursday. We do simulated drives and it was uh, it was at the start of uh, the team period, be on the minus one. And our guys, you know, probably after the second or, or third time of doing this understood the very first thing we were doing there uh, was uh, calling uh, a quarterback sneak or sometimes we'd have a dive depending on the quarterback I had honestly 
but that play was always, always, always going on long count. Uh, the thought yeah, no being, doubt. you know, what's what's the risk Three reward five. there, right? I'm mm-hmm. I'm getting five or I'm losing a half a yard. So right. so we would do that. Uh, the other thing we would do immediately afterwards, the next play, we would still leave it on the minus one. And we'd take a shot downfield. Now, with the shots we were were taking, there was usually some kind of post we would try to isolate um, or like a corner post, max protected, play action, take a shot down the field. Uh, I I think I first learned that one as back in my early high school days at a wing tee clinic at Carnegie Mellon here and Rich early talk about it and showing that on film and how they would do it. And so that became part of the plan for me down there. Uh, then the other considerations were uh, our best runs behind our best guys. We would identify those obviously over the, you know, the, the course of camp and, you know, going in at least who we thought they were, uh, you know, to be able to knock the ball out of there and uh, plays that were going downhill. Now we were a pistol team, but two areas where we would get under center were on the goal line. And then I really didn't want to take the ball off of the goal line with uh, a snap here have it mishandled, whatever. So we would we would go under center here to do our work down here till we were able to get the ball out to the 10-yard uh, line. And then third down, right? So were we going to throw on third down? I mean, ideally, we at least want to get that room for a normal snap and punt so we take out any of the chance of that block. Uh, but the passes that we had in our menu here were ones that were going to um, – the, the edges of the field, rather, in the middle of the field where there could be, you know, that tip ball and uh, somebody else, you know, catching it and taking it in. So we wanted to try to get some isolations on uh, the outside there. And that kind of was, for us, that was our, our package and what we thought about there. Again, that that was going to be used till uh, we got that, you know, first down and, and uh, basically at least got to the distance where, you know, we weren't going to come out from under center till uh, we, you know, we get the ball to, to at least normal snap distance for our punter. Yeah, coach, all good stuff. And, and really a lot to unpack there. Um, the, the first thing, uh, that I would say from a practice standpoint, um, we identified that the black, the gold and the brown zone were things, number one, that, that, that needed situational identity because of, Again, going back to the idea that a DC is going to change his thought process by field position alone and or these are the areas where points matter. We did the math and felt like we only needed a certain number of plays to get those done each week. And we only need to carry so many plays on the game plan each week. Uh, Big believer in practicing what you call and calling what you practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And so because of that, we would actually do the situations of coming out in the black zone, going in in the brown zone in third and short, all on a Tuesday in full pads. And we would start before our team section, those three areas. And those were, those were live. We banged that. Mm-hmm. You know, Tuesday was a big heavy pad day. Um, Wednesday, then we would do the gold zone, the third medium, the third and long, right? Because we were going to put in shells and, and we're going to throw the ball around a little bit. We're going to need space. Back to the black zone. The under center is crucial in my opinion. Everyone's shotgun, but I do believe 
there's three three situations, if not just one, which is this, the quarterback sneak. Not a big fan of it either, but if the ball's on the one-inch line, you have to do this. You cannot take the ball off the line of scrimmage because even a, a, a gain uh, that's that's equal to the line of scrimmage could be spotted in, in the end zone, right? So even if you don't lose yards, you could technically get a safety. So we, we would always go under center for that play. Once we got the ball out to the two or the three, we felt good about being in the gun, Okay. The other thing that I want to unpack, other than just the math of how many to carry, the practice plan of when to do it, um, that, that's a, really another discussion in and of itself. But to get back to each zone, which, again, I think the three that we needed to find are, are the black, the gold, and the brown, the edges of the, of the field. The number one thing, again, is that definition. What are they and why? The second thing is to have a goal within them. Right. And with, the, with that goal in mind of winning that particular situation and that particular drill, then you can develop a game plan of how to execute that, right? So the goal in the black zone is twofold. Number one, get it to the five. That's the first goal. If we do anything, we're going to get it to the five because we need to give that punter a 15-yard snap or a three full steps to at least try and change the field. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you're going to tight punt, if you don't get it to the five and he's got a one step punt, you're giving him the ball on 35 40 going in first and 10. And again, if you go find that chart that says the percent of scoring, when you start on the plus 40, you're, you're in about a 60% opportunity to score points. And that's not good. So again, we feel like we gave away points right there. We put our defense in a bad position because we couldn't get it to the five. So that's the first goal. The second goal then is, is a first down, right? Because we want at least three more plays to get the thing to the 15, 18, 19, and at least, you know, again, flip the field entirely so they have to start on the minus 35 over their first and 10 call. Again, football is field position as much, if not more, than it is points just based upon that graph of, of opportunity of scoring where, where you start with, with the ball. Right. So if, if our goal is the five and then a first down, that is that that affects my play calling that that affects what kind of play call you know so like you said i'm a big believer in 12 personnel i want formations with long edges yeah um i I, if i'm going to rpo down there i'm going to do things like like speed outs and hitches i don't want to throw a slant down there because you know you might get a tip ball turn the ball over in in the third down area this was 100 percent of our career if we were third down, I don't care if it was eight, nine, whatever, we, we would throw three-step because in college, you get a holding call, quarterback's feet are in the, in the end zone, that, that's two points for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in, on three-step, if you're coaching it correctly with your quarterback, it's either there or it ain't. You're not going through multiple reads, right. full-field reads. You're picking a side and you're sticking it or you're throwing it in row six. So you're, you're, you're not going to have, again, those tip balls. You're not going to have any sacks. You're not going to have penalties. You're not going to have interceptions. Um, and, and yet you still have a chance to catch, get it to the five, and then run for a first down. So, again, I think, number one, defining what area is important for you to win a drill in, not, understanding how many times a week you need to practice it and when, and then giving your kids just enough and not too many plays and a thought process behind it to execute each week. We were a lot like you. Every Tuesday, period four, whatever it was, first play, we put the ball on the one-inch line, and we ran our version of quarterback sneak live. You know, I think everybody stay off the quarterback, but, you know, we're going to bang up front. 
and then and then it was you know then it was first and ten you know on the minus two and we would run you know what what scheme we thought would be good then and then we would take that shot on on second down and then we would give them a third down and throw a three-step and then we'd run the twos out there and do it as well and then we'd turn around and get into our goal line stuff and we would bang and we would be very specific and and as god is my witness kg uh at unc charlotte we had seven opportunities in the black zone uh, in the I think the four and a half or the four years we were in conference USA and we we're 100% mm-hmm. um, our kids knew exactly they knew exactly you know whether it was I pro or 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 you know an a set or you know it was some sort of 12 personnel they once we gave them the set they knew the play call the tag the shot the, th- the third down and they had been executing it for years and years and years. So every time the ball was down there, we took the field with confidence. Yeah. And we and we executed. And more importantly, we did it in a way where we felt like, hey, let's just win this drill. Let's just get it to first and 10 on the 12. So at least we can, if we three and out at that point, we can flip the field with our punter and our defense has a chance to not give up three points. And I think those things, the situations – those moments where you're on the gold zone going in and you're, you're, you're giving up four free points because you're running plays that aren't blocking safeties or you're throwing routes that can't beat, you know, the seven across in and out brackets coverage. I mean, that's, that's a you problem. That's a four point mistake. Right. You know, everyone feels good. Well, he's got the three. Okay. But you gave up four. And I think those are the plays that, that make a difference at the end of the day. And so, that's why we feel really strongly about having identity within a situation, understanding that there's only a couple situations where it's crucial, and, and then understanding that you don't need to put a whole lot of time and wasted time and reps into it. But when you get there, having an, an uh, understanding of what you need to do to win that drill. Coach, then that, that same approach, the goals for you on uh, the gold zone. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the goal there literally is is you know seven, not three, right? Clearly, there's a goal that you don't take a sack because uh, you want to keep the three. Um, you know, clearly there's a goal there where we don't want to turn it over and not get anything. Again, the type of plays you want to call there because of like so in our normal down and distance, we talk a lot about the triangle. Uh, you know, the defensive ID, the run support players, you know, for in our green zone areas of the, you know, minus 11 to that, you know, plus 26 uh, through the red zone of the plus 25 down to this, this gold zone area that starts in that plus 13, 14. In that green red zone, the triangle determines where the quarterback's going to go with the ball and what kind of play calls that we're going to try and give him to go away from run support. Well, in the gold zone, those quartered safeties are by alignment in the box. If you're in a 10 personnel, it's, it's going to be a, a, you know, a six or seven on five box. If you're an 11, it's going to be a, a seven or eight man on six blockers box, et cetera. So you've got to develop plays that naturally block safeties, whether you're pushing an outside zone, whether you're in a 12 personnel and pushing, whether you're uh, reading a defender and arcing an H to a safety uh, whether you're running a quarterback run, a quarterback draw, um, so, some sort of screen game, right? So you're not giving up sacks and yet still getting the ball on the perimeter. 
you know, and, and then and then most importantly, that third down call in the black zone, we're going to be specific. It's going to change personnel formationally and route-wise, but it's going to be three-step. Here, same thing. We're going to change, you know, formation, whatever it is, to, to, to not give away what we're doing. But we're going to have a bracket beater up. Mm-hmm. And we've only got a couple of those in the book that we rep all year. So our kids know exactly who, what, why, when, how. A lot like you, we can get into a personnel grouping where all four tallest kids are on the field in a, in a personnel group. You know, we just come up with a personnel group name like X personnel and the tallest four guys go out there. All the short cats come off, right? Whether they're tight ends or receivers and, and we, you know, we get our biggest back out there to block and, you know, as everyone in the world knows you're throwing it, but mm-hmm. we have a plan. And so, you know, the goal there is simply to get seven is to be a good, what everyone labels red zone offense really matters in that gold zone. So we, we take it there Same in the Brown. Yeah. We get to the Brown. We're at the three. Uh, I was listening to yeah. uh, Matt Rule the other day, and you know his his he he was at the four, but his thought process was every play needs to gain one yard, right? So they're yeah. four yards into the end zone. Uh, you, you obviously want to pound the ball down there, and I think that's one of your goals, correct? Pound the ball. Well, no doubt, and I think I think the brown zone and the black zone can can really tie in here, and this. This might be something where a lot of people might might want to, you know, call me up and, and call me out on this, but minus yardage football plays in the black zone are, are going to give them two points. Minus yardage plays in, in, in the brown zone going in are going to take away four points to, to back up Coach Rule's thought process of always going forward. The only runs we're going to carry on the minus one, minus two – or the plus one, plus two, are going to be inside zone runs. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted, all you power guys. I love power and counter. It, it is 50% of our offense in the green and in the red and sometimes in the gold. But, if, but block, back, anchor, hinge, tackle, there's, there's gaps that you can get run through on. And, and, and we all understand that the center block back to a three – and an A-gap run-through becomes really hard on that ankle hinge, anchor hinge tackle. And, and if you get a run-through when the center's blocking back on a shade, again, that, that anchor hinge tackle is a one-handed guy, and he's, he's, he's got to really see that. So you see a lot of TFLs on power. This is not an area we would carry power concepts. Again, we want to keep long edges in, in that brown zone. Uh, we want to have quarterback run. Uh, we want to have – if we're going to, you know, play action it, we're going to have pop passes and, and, and routes that do slant in, right, because of the, the area. And, and, you know, like everyone, we're going to work on that jump ball. Not a big fan of it on fourth down, not even on third down. The other thing, and this is more of a head coach, I think, mentality, um, but as the offensive coordinator, when it was first down going in from the three in, you know, our kids just knew that, that, that we're going on fourth and one, we're going to go. Now, again, I, it's a head coach thing. Uh, you got to understand where you are in the game from a score standpoint. Are you on the road? Are you at home? Are you an underdog? Um, <laughs> where we coached, we were always the underdog, you know, Wake Forest and UNC Charlotte. And, um, so it was real easy on, on fourth and one to go for it down in there. But uh, 
you know, that's another mentality that I think it's it's really important to have is that your kids understand that don't don't you know don't be surprised when we pull the trigger you know that this is four down territory for us right well coach I know uh we've kind of covered what we can do here in an audio session right uh great information yeah. here on that thank you uh, I was excited to see you put some stuff up and made it available uh to coaches on coach tube and your situational identity, uh, this part of it, kind of what we talked about here. Uh, you do have that on with uh, video illustrations as well as some of the plays you run in there. Uh, that's one of them. Correct. You have uh, uh, another one in there with the triangle, which we we touched on in our last podcast. I'll link to that show as well. And then uh, a, a third one that you have coming up on four verts. Yeah, we just, you know, I'm a quarterback coach. I, I did coach the offensive line for a number of years, the tackles and tight ends to be specific at Ohio University in our first couple of years at Wake Forest. Uh, and then oddly enough from that position, got moved to the quarterback uh, room. Um, and, and really that was the majority of my career and all of it as a coordinator was as a quarterback coach. And again, had a chance to learn from some of the best and coach a, a few NFL guys. The I think how you address a quarterback in the time where he gets a, a drop back play call to the time he snaps it, where his eyes are and what he's thinking, his thought process going through, I think that's something that has to be uh, repetitive and consistent. And there has to be a thought process, a checklist of really quick, right? Because the 40 second shot clock's going. Uh, but we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to bleed into uh, one of our three reads, we, we teach our quarterback a flat player read, a linebacker read, and a safety read. Uh, one of the routes that over the 20-plus years we coached was, you know, four verts. I've seen it coached a number of ways. Um, it wasn't until we got to Charlotte um, that we really uh, stole a base from some other really smart people and and learned the best way to coach it. So after we talk about the quarterback play, that can, you know, certainly adapt him to any route. Uh, we're going to, we're going to lean on that safety read of the four verticals and, and how we did it best. And uh, hopefully that'll help people. Well, coach, it's uh great stuff. I'll have to have you back on. We'll have to talk some four verts. That's definitely something I love uh, talking about. Uh, it was a, a big play for us in the offense we ran when I was at Baldwin Wallace University and at Oberlin College. So we'd love to have you back again to talk some four verts. Absolutely, Coach. I'm here anytime, and I sure am grateful for uh, what you do uh, for for football, our sport, best sport in the world, and uh, anything we can do to give back, we uh, we certainly all in on. Absolutely. And, Coach, before you go, if you would share uh, your information on Twitter and uh, your website. A absolutely. Everything's the Big O System. So on Twitter, we're at the Big O System. Uh, we have a website that is thebigosystem.com. Uh, the best email to reach me on is the big O system at Gmail. And uh, certainly you can uh, track down my cell phone number through uh, any direct message or any email. I'd be happy to share that with you and talk ball anytime. Coach, thanks again for joining us. And uh, like I said, we'll have to get back on here and talk ball again soon. Absolutely, Coach. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. Please, if you are enjoying the podcast, head over to iTunes or Spotify and click five star for a rate. If you have a minute, write a review. It really helps the podcast. Check out our new home for the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. That's at coachandcoordinator.com. And follow me on Twitter at Coach 
Grabowski.